like my mask? Isn't it pretty? It raises the dead. Welcome back to a, another episode of Horror Cats and Witch Hats with Katie and Izzy. Hey, uh, We appreciate you coming back to listen to another Horror Cats and Witch Hats. We've got a new movie this time, like like brand new 2020 movie this time. Well, newish, because we're almost halfway through 2021. It's new-ish. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Close enough. So... For this episode, <laughs> I'm not with it. I'm not. I'm with you. Okay. So for t- this week's episode, we have Freaky 2020. And if you try and just Google Freaky, you have to put like the movie or the year after it, or it doesn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it gets really confused. Uh, it's a very succinct title, I guess. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. This movie, like we said, uh, is kind of new, so it's not really free on any streaming devices. I watched it from Redbox. How you did... can rent it and own it through YouTube. And then I know I think it's like six bucks on Amazon to rent. Oh, okay. But yeah, I watched it on Redbox, so I got all the the yeah. Inter- the, you got the disc, so therefore you got like all the extra features. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say deleted scenes and stuff like that so that was kind of cool i miss being able to do that kind of stuff because i'm one of those nerds who actually likes to go back and listen to the commentaries if i like the movie a lot i'll listen to the commentaries i just always enjoyed the deleted scenes because i think they're really funny (laughs) sometimes they're like super great other times it's literally just like nothing and you're like i i see why you deleted that but why did you even show me (laughs) you didn't even need to include that in deleted scenes yeah it's just like a window and cars driving by and they're like yep we cut out two minutes of that really good probably that, a good choice <laughs> that <laughs> made no sense so i okay. agree <laughs> uh we'll talk about those um but they're not anything that i think could have been kept in they didn't cutting them out didn't harm the movie in any way well that's good so freaky was directed and partially written by christopher landon And he has a lot of credits for directing and writing and producing. Uh, But some of the horror, he like is kind of big in horror. I think he likes that genre a lot. His uh, biggest things that I noted, uh, Paranormal Activity franchise. Do you remember Uh, watching that in my basement? At least the first one. (laughs) No, I remember watching it in theaters we watched it, we rented it and watched it in my basement and we turned all the lights off and it freaked us both out for some reason and then we watched the second one and we got really sad about the dog. <laughs> yeah. Those aren't scary to me. They're just sad cuz all I think about is that I get real hung up on the dogs. Yeah. Or the cats yeah. or whatever it is. Just the animals. It's it's mainly the animals that I get sad about when it comes to scary movies or sad deaths. <laughs> I know you're like the people. Yes, the murder all the, the teenagers and then you're like not the kitty. Which will be applicable to this movie, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, other movies, um, Happy Death Day and the se- the yeah sequel, Happy Death Day to You. Uh, Disturbia 
and Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. One of his like signatures is taking the comedic horror route. So he likes to take traditionally funny ideals and then turn them into horror. So which is exactly what he did for this one. Yeah, that makes sense. Like it's those I think those movies work out pretty well too. So um I don't know about you. I don't know if you ever saw Happy Happy Death Day, but I thought it was kind of funny. I haven't, but in doing research for this episode, I was listening to some other podcasts and they all kept coming back to Happy Death Day. This movie is kind of like Happy Death Day and he did Happy Death Day and Groundhog Day and it's so much like that. Yeah, I think he likes to take certain ideas from different movies and kind of put like a horror spin on them. So like Happy Death Day is a lot like Groundhog's Day. But in like the sense of like the day just keeps repeating. Um, Whereas like this one is a lot like Freaky Friday. And he is the son of a pretty renowned actor, Michael Landon. He was more like a Western kind of actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the TV show Bonanza, if you know what that is. I never saw that. I used to watch it with my papa. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's basically Christopher Landon in a nutshell. He is currently working on their rebooting Paranormal Activity. Whether that's Again? a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> yet to be seen i guess i don't think it needs to be redone but okay how many ways can you share that story uh but we'll see i guess i didn't really look into information about it because i don't care about paranormal activity 97 but that's fair um yeah so he's rebooting that so good for him i guess good luck (laughs) yeah um the writers of this were michael kennedy and christopher landon so so he wrote, wrote it and directed it and then brought Michael Kennedy on. And IMDb well, lists him. So Michael Kennedy wrote it initially and brought it to Christopher Landon. And then he was like, dude, I love this so much. We need to get make this into a movie. So then they flushed out the story together. Oh, okay. Uh, Michael Kennedy in on IMD is listed as being an uh, assistant and IT support for Family Guy and American Dad. Um, and writing some episodes for another cartoon called Border Town. I have not seen Border Town, though. I am assuming it's along the lines of Family Guy and American Dad. I can, yeah, I can only assume. I, and that was about it for Michael Kennedy. There's not a whole lot on his stuff. I mean, he's done yeah. other stuff, but it wasn't, to me, like anything. I was like, ooh, that's cool. So, starring in Freaky, we have Vince Vaughn, of course, the comedic beast that he is he plays the serial killer called the blissfield butcher slash millie which will make more sense later and i'm not even gonna bother listing vince vaughn movies because we all know him i was gonna say i'm pretty sure everybody knows knows him from at least one thing or another so he's he's a very well-known actor the only things i wanted to say is that he has been doing a lot of like he's been broadening his creative horizons i guess exproadening exproadening he is doing a lot of like executive producer jobs and writing credits um, and he's been in like different kinds of movies i.e this comedic horror and some like darker stuff lately Hmm. Uh, so his height is either 6466 depending on who you ask but 
<laughs> to put it in. He just never tells the real answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, man, 6'5", 6'3", 6'2". Depends on how tall he wants to feel. So part of like his big stature is what makes him a great serial killer. You know, uh, Jason Voorhees, Mike. And so the average fridge is six feet tall. So he's taller than a fridge. Hmm. Um, he is longer than the length of an average twin or full-size mattress. I don't know if that's international or just American, but, um, <laughs> I just want, now I just want to see him lay on a twin mattress to see how far his feet hang over. <laughs> I think of Elf when Will Ferrell's yeah. laying on their little beds. Yes, yep. exactly. So, and then now that you know he's over six feet, when you're telling someone to back up at the grocery line, you can say, hey, I need you to be at least one Vince Vaughn away from me during our covid and they'll probably look at you as a crazy person yep and they'll back away yeah uh the other thing i wanted to say is i think vince vaughn based off what all of his co-workers have said is kind of like a genuinely pleasant person to work with i wouldn't be surprised about that um he's got a lot of energy (laughs) and he's upbeat yeah (laughs) i like his movies for the most part he does play a really good uh, creepy killer in a movie that I can't put the name on right now. But So, then we have Catherine Newton, who plays Millie slash the, uh, the Blissville Butcher, who will make a little bit more sense. I was just going to say, um, sorry for all the background noise. My pets are fighting. <laughs> They're playing. Play fighting. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, you can keep going. Uh, so Catherine Newton, uh, she is an up-and-coming star in her, in her career. Uh, she's been in a couple of different things that you'll notice, including um, Happy Death Days that we mentioned earlier. Um, she's also in Detective Pikachu. She's in an episode of Supernatural as Clark Novak and Claire Paranormal. Novak. Claire. Oh, did I say Clark? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently I can't read. Uh, Claire Novak and Paranormal Activity 4. But she is currently filming the new Ant-Man and Wasp movie as a grown-up Cassie Lang. So that should be really interesting and kind of super fun. I'm excited about that one. Yeah, we'll see how that... I, I think it's supposed to come I, in 2022. I think she's a really good actress. And she's really pretty, so... I like her. <laughs> and alongside Millie are her two pals. Because you can't have just one person. You have to have a group of three always has to have it's always a group of three and normally it's two girls and a guy yep and that's what they did uh it's the recipe for horror films apparently so her gal pal is nyla played by celeste o'connor um she actually just finished filming ghostbusters afterlife which is coming out in 2021 i'm kind of excited for that one me too and uh just a fun note she is currently studying at john hopkins for her undergraduates and she's doing it in public health which is my bread and butter that's what i'm majoring in or i'm mastering (laughs) in um and she's also pre-med so i don't know if she's like planning to stop or cut down on her acting career after she graduates or what she's gonna do but it's pretty cool she's doing a lot like she's gonna be like um what's his name ken from uh the hangover the little asian guy who is a doctor and then he started acting but he still keeps his doctor's license (laughs) 
but he started out as a doctor and then got into acting she's starting acting and so we'll see what happens there Hmm. that'll be interesting but i mean it's not like it slowed emma watson or anything like that so no not at all and her millie's other friend is josh played by misha orshovich or oshervik depending on which language you speak so Misha ha- has self-proclaimed a non-binary identity and uses they them pronouns which we will happily oblige so mm-hmm. that's who we are talking about and poor Misha had some real life horror as a kid <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just going to touch on this briefly because they don't want to dwell on it so we aren't either but I just thought it was really interesting and I would be kind I think it would be kind of hard to do a uh comedy horror. <laughs> That's what I was about to comedy say. Comedy <laughs> A comedy horror. New term. Yep. New term. Comedy horror t-shirts coming out soon. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, comedy horror having this background, but so when they were uh like 15 their parents hired some uh, quote-unquote escort service to basically kidnap them and take them to like a teenager rehabilitation facility which happened to be in Provo Utah yeah this is a it's a it's a rough place I've heard and um there was a there's been a whole lot of problems with it recently they attended a rally held by Paris Hilton, I guess, in protest of the abuse, alleged, sorry, alleged abuse at the Provo Canyon School and Programs for Troubled Teens they got sent to. So that's that just... was That was this year, if I remember correctly. That happened this year because she was, Paris Hilton was out here during the legislative session because of the Provo Canyon School and she was like, she was basically like going up to up in court and talking about it and trying to get it like shut down almost. Well, when you think about how many kids have been through that place and it's just yeah. coming out now, like it's so upsetting. Oh, it's really sad. But yeah, so they lived through that trauma. Um, they God, but getting kidnapped like that. I know. There is so terrible. The story is they woke up to two guys like two big ass strong guys just pulling them out of bed <laughs> awesome so good parents good parenting yeah let me tell you yeah i mean according to misha their childhood was rough with issues drugs identity and eating disorders stuff like that yeah. so i'm not saying it was the right choice for the parents but uh they weren't a walk in the park either (laughs) right uh now misha chooses to be a major advocate for living thy true self um mostly promoting just accepting other people's identity and allowing them to be who they want to be basically yeah and uh eating disorders so good on them He's a really good actor. I really enjoyed him. He's pretty funny. Um, so this movie got uh, uh, some nominations and an award. 
It gained 10 nominations and a single award, which was won by the, uh, it was the Critics, Ch Critics Choice Super Award for Vince Vaughn for, um, and he won Best Actor in a Horror Movie. And I think he got it rightfully so, because this is, his acting in this is spot on. Mm. I loved it. Well earned. It was so funny and so perfect and so entertaining. Um, but Blumhouse Productions, they're, I always, if, <laughs> When I'm first watching a movie and I see the Blumhouse production like screen come up, I'm like, oh, this movie's going to be pretty great because Blumhouse does, they do wonderful stuff. I think they do great. So um, they also did things like Get Out, Sinister, Oculus. In my opinion, if anything is a Blumhouse Productions, it's going to be either really good or at least really entertaining in some sort of aspect. Um, so that's my point of I really enjoy Blumhouse. <laughs> so, Freaky. Uh, again, this gets kind of convoluted, so it is a little bit longer of a synopsis, but it's worth hearing. Yes. Um, there's and not really any, like, twists and turns that we're giving away, I don't think. I can't imagine, so... Not anything that, like, you're not expecting to see. Yeah, it's no, really. like, antebellum twist, so. No, you're not going to get, like, oh, wait, that was, like, completely upside down. It's it's fairly straightforward. It's a really entertaining horror movie. Yeah. So, like we said, it's a comedy horror. Um, it's mostly probably, a, like, a slasher film, I'd say. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, it starts out in a very scream movie fashion <laughs> uh so it's a cold open that dates wednesday the 11th and it's these four four really rich teens apparently and yeah two couples they always have to be rich god damn it <laughs> apparently they're all rich <laughs> only the ones that get murdered the poor yeah. people tend to survive because <laughs> yeah. they know how to live on the street <laughs> uh but these teens are just hanging out, and of course they give this whole background, just like in Scream, of some uh, serial killer that every year kills teenagers around their homecoming. And he's called the Blissfield Butcher. And then, of course, he shows up and murders them all. And, like, right as they get murdered, one of their parents comes home. <laughs> or the rich girl's parents comes home. Yeah, it's like a solid scream op scream opening, just yeah. like the first one with uh, um, Drew Barrymore. And then it does the whole opening, and then you get introduced to high school student Millie, who is Catherine Newton. And basically, very horror regular. Um, she is the blonde girl of the story who's not cool because she's poor, and her dad died exactly a year ago but that's all you yep. hear about it and her mom more, more throwback to um you know scary movie or scream and her mom is a drunk uh they try to picture her like portray that she's this big drunk but she's not really but we'll talk about that later um yeah and then she has an older sister who's a cop and she goes to school and you meet nyla and josh um like we said the movie magic of threes and then she you find out that she's also the mascot for the school, which probably doesn't help her coolness factor. Um, 
for some reason. I don't know why mascot. She she fails at a at a mascot though. She took her head off in the middle of a football game. I thought that exact same thing. <laughs> I was like, there is one rule as a mascot, and it is do yeah. not take your head off. You're not supposed to let people know the identity of the of the mascot. That at helps it, like with yeah. not getting made fun of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, she did that. The one thing she was supposed to do, and she uh, she was not supposed to do, and she did it. But uh, her friends offer her ride home. She's like, no, I'm gonna wait for my mom. And then her mom never shows up. She, she's just like abandoned. And then, of course, conveniently, her sister calls. And right before her phone dies, she's able to say, come get me. And yep. uh, her phone dies. It's dark. She's all alone. And then the Blissfield butcher shows up in a very Michael Myers entrance. <laughs> just and, just standing there underneath a lamppost in the dark. In the fog. Apparently, there's just fog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we don't get a lot of fog like that here, at least. <laughs> he runs her down because she can't run, apparently. Stabs her. I was going to say, like, she's probably wearing those big ass mascot feet. Like, how the hell are you supposed to run in that shit? I know. High knees. High knees. She tried. <laughs> and he just, like, stares at her and it's like, really? <laughs> That's what like, you're going to do? Like, okay. Whatever. Okay, I'm going to interrupt it just because we've been doing that anyways. But this is the second time in this movie where a girl has a perfectly good hiding spot, leaves it within two seconds, and then he's like, oh, there you are. You didn't even wait for Yeah, you didn't even wait for me to leave. But we'll talk about more of that later. But I just wanted to bring that up. That's why he gets, she gets caught, because she has this good hiding spot. Like, all she could do is hide. She can't run. But anyways, we digress. So the butcher tackles her, stabs her in the shoulder with a mystical knife called Ladola, which he stole from the rich teenager's house at the beginning. Because the father was a uh, art collector. Yeah, I have, fact. I have theories about that later. Yeah. Uh, but apparently this knife causes them to soul swap. And so on Friday the 13th, they have 24 hours to swap back or else you stay in that person's body forever. Just like Freaky Friday. So the butcher is in Millie's body and she goes about her high school day. Somehow she knows her whole school schedule. I've got no idea. Uh, and she just <laughs> starts murdering people, which you don't hear about again later. <laughs> um, the homecoming yeah. dance gets canceled because of the kids that were murdered earlier. And Millie convinces them to host their own prom at the abandoned mill where she, as the butcher, used to hold up. Yeah. So then Millie, who is now in the butcher's body, hunts down and has to convince her friends that she is actually Millie, which if you can imagine Vince Vaughn being a teenage girl. It's so good. He carries this movie. (laughs) It's so, it's so good. And it was like my absolute favorite thing. The one thing I thought of is like when Helena Bonham Carter acts as uh, Emma, Emma Watson in Harry Potter. That's that's like kind of, kind of the thing I thought of, but I digress. But they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> but uh, so she is trying to get around this town without being identified as the butcher with her friends. And they have to break into the police station to get this knife back so that they can use it to stab the butcher and Millie's body and swap them back. Uh they get the knife, go to the mill, uh, shit happens, she stabs him, they swap back, and that's the end. Or is it? It's not. There's a double ending. Yeah. So then, of course, uh, 
the butcher breaks out of the ambulance. Because he's shot enough to not kill him, but he's shot enough to try and be saved by the police. Well, it's very Michael and Jason. They just never die, you know? Uh, yeah. So, of That's course... That's a Michael scene. That's a straight Michael scene because that happens in Michael... Or in Halloween, so... While the... Millie and her family are going to bed, he shows up at the house. They have this big rumble. Uh, Millie ends up stabbing him through the back with a broken leg chair wooden chair and then she like was it the chair or the table i think it's a chair um and then she ninja kicks it through the chest so it goes like back to front through and through yeah and that is basically it that's the end yep so i always like to do things like this Um, this is what i think on the day-to-day but uh if you katie got body swapped what would you say to convince me it was you <laughs> so the first event that i thought of um when seeing that question is the time where we turned off all the lights in the basement because we were going back upstairs and then all of a sudden we <laughs> forgot something and we had to run back downstairs and we tripped over the suitcases <laughs> and so i would probably describe that event because really, you and I are the only ones that went through that pain of tripping over the suitcases, taking both of us down <laughs> in the pitch darkness of being scared. I just remember running, like we were running from the stairs to your giant ass beanbag, and mm-hmm. I'm sprinting in the dark, and then all I hear is you go thud next to me and like hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. It hurt. It was, it was one of those like backpacks that still have like the roller wheels on it so i kicked one of the roller wheels and it just took me over <laughs> uh yeah my idea was the same i was just start spouting very katie and izzy specific stories at you <laughs> yeah yeah exactly buffy and izzy i was willow you were izzy or you were buffy <laughs> see but i would go even like more like you did like stories where it was just us there. just you and i yeah no exactly yeah. But yeah, that's the same thing I would do is just start spitting stories. So if you listeners um, have funny stories that you want to share with us, or if you have preset something with your loved ones or friends where you're like, hey, if we ever get body swapped, this is how we're going to tell each other. (laughs) This is what we do. (laughs) I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Her friends in this movie, the thing that she does to convince them, they don't do personal stories, right? Like that would be, no. to me, that's the first thing you would think of is what are stories that I know you would know or secrets like in TV shows are right. like, I remember when you kissed blah, 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 behind the gate. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. what they do. And this one, she does the cheer dance From that she mascot. does as yeah. the mascot, which the whole school sees and knows. So to me, but my question is why did they do that first? And then they're like, high fives. And they do their whole handshake. Like, why not just do the handshake right off the bat and be like, obviously nobody fucking knows this but us. Exactly. I <laughs> I found that detail. Like, it was comedically, I understand why they did that. It was hilarious right. to watch Vince, Vince Vaughn do that. Do it that. was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually the first time uh, Vince Vaughn and Catherine met was at the dance rehearsals for to learn that. Um, that's awesome so that's like a great icebreaker but yeah yeah, i was with you i was like why is that why didn't you do the fucking handshake first (laughs) my favorite was was vince vaughn's like butt booty booty shake 
and like roll that he does. Well, and she she does the exact same thing in the mascot uniform because I remember watching it when she first did it. And I'm like, why in the world does she do it that way? And then you see that and I was like, oh, they specifically made it awkward looking yeah. so that it was something unique. That they Probably because Vince Vaughn couldn't do it not awkwardly either. No, I think it was specifically <laughs> to draw your eyes so you knew she I is awkward. It. Yeah. That's how she is awkward. <laughs> like that awkward hip. But yeah, yeah, they do a lot of things like that together where okay i'm gonna go on a tangent i know we kind of have a thing so they gave vince vaughn as millie a lot of little uh i don't know ticks i guess Mm -hmm. for you to say yes that is clearly millie in his body like she chews on her fingernails the way that she runs the The running is the best part (laughs) the dance thing like they specifically draw your eye to those things as millie so that when she gets transferred into Vince Vaughn, he can continue those and you can say, yes, those are yeah. Millie. They didn't do anything to that extent for the butcher. Their whole thing to portray the butcher is like this really awkward, slumped over, like <laughs> looking down, like his head is down, but his eyes are up, like glare at you. Mm-hmm. And that's Brooding. it. <laughs> And, like, that's great when you're six feet tall and Vince Vaughn and, like, you are looking down at people. But when you transfer it to Millie, it looks incredibly awkward. And that was the only thing they carried because he doesn't talk in the cold open. He literally just Mm -hmm. walks around, murders people, and leaves. Yep. So you don't get that really cool, wow, she really inhabited the butcher. And that kind of bothered me like it's not her fault because i'm sure they the focus was millie and vince vaughn that's where the comedy came from yeah but i feel like they could have done a few more things to millie i agree but yeah that was my tangent for that go ahead i totally agree um the murders are phenomenal in this entire movie i think i think they're great so um he does he bring a weapon with him in the cold open? He has like a dagger or something, right? Or a machete? Um, I can't remember. I don't think he does, actually. No, I don't, I don't believe he does. You The first time I, you see him is in the wine cellar, right? Yeah. yeah okay. I don't believe he does because the first kill is the wine cellar. And it's probably one of my favorite kills, to be honest. So he, this butcher, his whole like MO is to just use whatever is in his surroundings. Which yep. is brilliant because, you know, like camping, you take it, you leave with it. A lot of murderers get caught because they leave shit. So if you don't leave, if you don't bring anything, you can't leave anything. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the first death that you see is uh, a male who gets deep throated by a wine bottle. <laughs> and, then he, and then he gets like hit in the neck. So it shatters in his neck. It is. And I thought. I thought that was so cool. <laughs> so pornographic. Uh, it really is. The way they, because they, they do it in a very Pornhub fashion where they zoom in on the neck while he's like shoving the bottle down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Side note, just because I said pornographic. Um, did you know that you can watch the entire Beetlejuice movie for free on Pornhub? Like somebody <laughs> recorded it and then they 
put it on Pornhub under like some weird name. And so you can watch it for free on Pornhub. That's good on that person. (laughs) Don't take it down. (laughs) Please. Um, the next one you see is uh, a female who I think I think she's originally like going to the bathroom or something. Um, but her <laughs> this this death was so funny. Uh, she gets her head smashed between the toilet bowl and the lid, <laughs> and uh, I just think that was the most interesting way of using a toilet seat. It's opportunistic. But it's not nearly as fun and creative as the other ones. Yeah, I agree. Um, so the the second male dies when he they're on a tennis racket or tennis court when they're talking, and the Blissville Butcher comes up behind him and snaps the tennis racket in half, and <laughs> shoves it into this guy's head. So it looks like the racket is like going all the way through his head. It looks like the um. The knife headband Indian, style yeah, thing. Yeah, like the arrow gags that people yeah. do. It looks just like yeah. that. It's so funny. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then the second female, she uh, she gets lifted. And of course, this this is like a Michael Myers death to me. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets lifted and like pushed onto this. Uh, I want to say it's like almost like a spear that's been like thrown into the wall. Um. Because, you know, she had a perfect hiding spot. Perfect. Literally hidden hiding spot. And she comes out of it. Because she's fucking dumb. Um, <laughs> and so he th- lifts her up and puts her on this thing. So she's just hanging on the wall with blood dripping on the floor. And then her parents walk in and that's how they find her. Yep. Um. So she, like you said, she had this awesome hiding spot. Her dad had like some Narnia closet <laughs> that had a yeah. false back to it. And she was hiding in this false back closet. And he checks the closet and then leaves because he doesn't think, oh, there's a false back. Right. He clearly didn't read Narnia. So (laughs) she waits not even 15 seconds before she's like, okay. And then she leaves this perfect hiding spot to sneak out. And I'm like, you know your parents are coming. Why would you get out of there? But also who, maybe it's like a rich person panic room thing, but. I was thinking her dad, because he had the knife, the, like mm-hmm. this mystical knife, and a whole bunch of other random art things. Um, yeah, he's some sort of really big art collector, and he has a lot of stuff in his house. I theorize, because this mansion is so large, um, and that he is like a black market dealer or something. Um, and so that's why he has like this false closet uh, hmm. panic room thing maybe so that's what i'm gonna go with because it sounds cool i like it but yeah that's she's the last death in the cold open that's how you get introduced to the blissfield butcher yeah and he's he the mask that the blissfield butcher has is as they show it in the movie is something that he's stolen along with the the dad like his collection because he has a whole bunch of masks hanging on the wall and one of them is missing Oh, I thought he came with that mask. Mm-mm. That's why they showed that big mask wall. And then you have that one spot that's not taken up by the mask. Oh. And so he stole one of those masks. Genius. Um, it looks to me kind of like a combination of Jason's hockey mask 
but they just covered it with skin michael like skin. myers style so they were like kind com of combining those apparently it's supposed to be based off of uh egyptian art um which personally leads I... to your art well, so originally I wrote down, uh, you know, Voorhees style Jason mask, but then I realized it reminds me more of the mask from the movie The Collector. That's um, true. That's a good one. I was gonna say if you haven't seen that one, it's really interesting, but it's very um, simple, and so that's it, what it really reminded me of. But yeah, I uh, I don't know. I didn't Google the Egyptian part of that, but of all the art that I've seen that's Egyptian, they don't look like skin hockey masks. Um, right. Uh, that ties in, for those who didn't get the intro, <laughs> uh, it's a quote from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and this episode, and specifically, Buffy's mom is an art dealer. She gets a mask. It's like an ancient mask, and it raises the dead. And so that's where Giles' quote comes from. And he's just like, oh, look at these cool things. They're so pretty because we just collect things without caring about the history. <laughs> so yeah. that's what this dad is doing, essentially. Um, so the next death that you get is uh, is when Millie and the Butcher are sw switched bodies. Um, and they're in school. And of course, the popular girl gets it. Now, can I just say this? Her name drives me nuts. Tyler, my husband, was like, what the fuck did he just call her? <laughs> yeah. It's a solid Utah name, and it's fucking ridiculous, I think, in my personal opinion, because us Utahns have weird fucking names. It's not just Utah. It's just a very, like, I don't know if hipster is the word to say. Maybe. To describe her name it. is, her, her name's like Ryler. It's just... <laughs> It's, a, it's fucking weird. It's like a... I hate it because we're millennials, but it's a very, like, millennial name where they were like, let me try and do something so unique. That you'll never find on a keychain. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, this I thought this death was pretty great, but she gets locked in a in one of those, like, cryo... Like, cryogenic freezers. Um, <laughs> and Which, how much money does this fucking school have? Like, for real to have one of those i guess if your student base is as rich as the girl in the opening the cold opening then right. your sponsors or parents basically buying their kids onto the teams that's where that could come from otherwise like why would you have one of those and why would you leave it unattended and just like open like that that seems like such a safety hazard around teenagers it really is and an insurance liability but that is neither yeah. here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she gets frozen in the cryogenic freezer. And then um, it made me. And uh, she uh, she gets found by Millie as the as the as has been spawned. And he's like, oh, my gosh, it's Tyler. And she I don't remember if he touches her or something, but she falls over and smashes. <laughs> So her bro her frozen body just smashes everywhere. So uh, I guess Jace, I don't know if you call it Jason X or Jason 10. I don't know. It's Jason X. Okay. So Jason X, I guess there's a murder scene that was pretty, people were like, whoa, that's so cool. Where he like sticks someone's head in uh, 
what's it called nitrogen yeah liquid nitrogen and they freeze and then he shatters it yeah um so mythbusters was like wow would it really shatter like that um it would not so i think even with a cryogenic freezer um you wouldn't shatter like that but it's a cool effect and it looks cool. it's a really yeah it's a it's an interesting idea and it's funny but i thought it was a funny death at least but could you imagine like walking upon that and being like oh look legs oh look shattered upper half (laughs) (laughs) yeah like well shit um then uh she goes after her super shithead uh wood woodworking teacher woodshop teacher um who basically has bullied her this entire time and she stabs him with a screwdriver in the neck and um then throws him onto one of his table saws and literally splits him down the half <laughs> splits him down the half from head to splits toes him down ha- yeah um yeah, thank you which was so overkill because clearly he was dead taking a screwdriver to the jugular but she was just like you know what or he i don't know how the pronouns work with this movie um But this is one of the only instances, I think, when Catherine gets to show the butcher come through a lot. Because as the butcher, she was this huge, domineering, strong guy. And then as Millie, and she's trying to throw around the shop teacher, and she's like, you like see her stagger and be like, how come you didn't move? (laughs) Yeah, Why did like, I just hit you and you didn't go he's anywhere? He's able to like, yeah, he's able to like throw her against the wall and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was to me the most obvious part where he's like, oh, fuck, I'm a, I'm the butcher in a tiny female body. Yeah. The the teacher also does a dumbass thing where he gets, when he gets stabbed in the neck by the screwdriver, he pulls it out. Now, when you get stabbed, if you get stabbed, anybody, don't pull the fucking thing out. <laughs> Like, I feel like that needs to be said, because so many people, I guess, don't know this. But don't pull a fucking... Yeah, anyways. Um, so that's all the deaths that you get at the school. And I think it's really funny, because right as after she kills the teacher, she walks out of his room, two cops walk right by her. <laughs> the And then you never hear about those two deaths at all. Like, nobody f- finds them or comments on them. I Nope. It's just like a lost, it's a dropped plot line. I don't know. <laughs> Especially considering it's like the most popular girl in school, who's also the biggest bitch. But So, the next deaths you see are at the homecoming at the mill. <gasps> Kitty. She's behind you. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, the first deaths you get when, the, when she gets to the old mill are jocks, because... You know, all of a sudden she's dressing cool because this killer has decided to make her dress cool because he doesn't like what's in her closet, apparently. <laughs> um, so three jocks, one jock takes her back, two others are in there. So there's three jocks all together. And they're fucking gross. Can I just say that? So perverted. Oh, you have three holes. <laughs> weren't the two jocks already dead when the other one walked back there? No, 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 no. No, so so one of them, he fi- she finds him, convinces him to take her back, and the two are already there hiding in the dark, and they're like, oh, looks like we have our own little private party going. We have there's three guys here, and you have three holes, and they're fucking gross. Um, I must have just blocked out that whole part because I was like, because it's so fucking stupid. But I was like, wow, she's really racking up a body count. They didn't even bother to show those other two murders. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, they show it. Well, and, and one of them doesn't, you don't exactly see. So she takes, they have a, a whiskey bottle or something. And she takes the whiskey bottle from one of them because she's like, oh, okay, well, let's pretend I'm going to have sex with all you fuckers. Pours out the rest of the alcohol and smashes the bottle over one of the kid's head. And supposedly that kills him. Then she takes the broken bottle, slits the other jock's throat. That kills him. And then finds a chainsaw just laying around. <laughs> and uh, sticks that chainsaw in some dude's dick. And kills him that way. So that's how all the three jocks died. Gotcha. That cleared but, up a lot for me. I don't know how yeah. I missed that. That was like a whole thing. I saw her like pull out the chainsaw and murder the one, but I did not catch the well, other and, two. And when I was first writing all these down, because I wrote down all the deaths, when I was first writing down, I didn't count the dude that was smashed over the head because I didn't think it would kill him. But then when it goes back and it shows all the dead bodies, one of the dead bodies is decapitated. So I'm like, well, did the body, like the bottle decapitate the dude then? Like that part kind of doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up a little, but I digress. <laughs> um, I did love the chainsaw part because that was a nice little throwback to Texas Chainsaw Massacre because you know he's cool uh, the next death that you see oh yeah so those are, the, those are the three deaths for the jocks and then the other one there's another guy who um, the fourth jock yeah, the fourth jock who who was being I don't exactly remember the full context of what happened, but he gets grabbed by a meat hook through the eye. <laughs> uh, so he um because we'll talk about this but this movie is very Oh that's like it plays right, on okay. the character tropes a lot. So this fourth jock sees the the queer friend Drew. Um mm-hmm. and he's like, Have you seen Billy? And he goes, Yeah, let me show you where she's at and takes him back to a Drew's, empty room. Yeah, Drew so Drew's character is very like flamboyantly comfortable with himself and his identity yeah. in this movie. And so this jock takes him into this room and tries to kiss him because of course you can't have an over not overly you can't have a flamboyant teenager without having the closeted jock who tries to take advantage of that. And then when the kid's right. like, Whoa, because he probably picked on him the guy gets all pissed off and as he's like threatening him and he's like if you tell anyone i'm gonna kill you the fish hook like you said comes through the wall <laughs> yeah i thought that was a good one it was so random uh, like how did she know they were there i don't know she just I, I know. like she had just chainsawed those other guys she turned off the chainsaw i was like oh a voice fish hook and then just like yeah <laughs> randomly shoved it through the wall and hoped she'd catch someone i don't know <laughs> it worked I, I guess, guess. I, I guess it is where like the butcher originally lived so therefore like she knows where all of the weapons are, but still it makes no sense of why she happened to be there right at the right time. All of the people who get murdered, you like have no sympathy for? No, not at all. It's because they're all assholes. I mean, not that they <laughs> not that they like deserved murder, but you really like, especially like the jocks, you don't care because you're like, wow. Perks. Like a job. Yeah. Um, the kids at the I- opening, you're like rich, spoiled. Who cares? <laughs> and then... The yep. shop teacher is clearly just an awful, awful person who resents everything about his life. So, the final death, of course, is the killer. And you originally think, oh, he got shot to death. Cool, he's dead. I would love to know, personally, if, if like, is... 
I would love to know if he killed all of the um, EMTs at the in the ambulance and stuff like that. Like originally, because you don't get any of that information at all. Like you just know that he slips off his little like heartbeat meter on his finger, and that's the end of the ambulance. Yeah, they're like trying to save him, and they're like he's crashing, but he had just pulled off the pulse ox, and then that's it. And then he shows up in the living room. So I yeah. would imagine the only way he got out of that was murdering them um, or knocking yeah. them out, but you don't see it. Which is another throwback to like Halloween with Michael Myers or something. Um, so the final death that you see is the Blissville Butcher. After their bodies get swapped back, he comes to Millie's house and he gets a leg chair through the chest and then she fully karate chops it all the way through his body. And that's it. Which was your favorite death? Uh... <laughs> Meow! <laughs> I don't know. Probably, I think the most creative was the wine bottle. Yeah. Because um, you, you do not see that coming. Nor would anyone think of that. <laughs> no, I agree. I think that was probably my favorite. I also really enjoyed the tennis racket just because of the aspect of it looking like it was sticking all the way through his head. I just thought that was so funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I would go. They're all, like we said, opportunistic. So they're they're fun to watch. Because you're like, yeah. what's going to happen? So we've covered deaths. We've covered the storyline. And we kind of touched on how well they did swapping. Um, like we said, Vince Vaughn carried the movie with his ability to take what he was given and just really roll with it they did from what i gathered from watching interviews they did have some freedom to uh, improvise there's this scene when they've uh oh, it's hard to explain okay so there's a scene where vince vaughn is millie and her friends have captured millie the butcher and have her tied up to a chair and her love risk or her love interest is passed out on the couch. Um, and there's this whole scene and she, Vince Vaughn goes rambling on and blah, blah, blah. He improvised most of that. Um, like there, there's a script, but he mostly was just like doing it. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, and then you get Catherine Newton who, like we said, she wasn't given much to work with. I think as far mm -hmm. as making the butcher a butcher or showing that side of the butcher. But I hate, <laughs> they introduce her, she wakes up, she's in Millie's room. For one, she's just totally cool. She just sits up and is like, oh, okay, cool. And she's like walking like a zombie. Mm -hmm. And she's like all hunched over and weird, which I think was the one trait they gave her from the butcher. <laughs> and right. then all of a sudden she shows up at school and she's got lipstick and perfect makeup and this hot little outfit and, and her hair is up in a ponytail. And not just like put up in a ponytail, but it's like a fashionable pony. And you're like, how did this butcher who apparently lives in squalor and homeless clothes do makeup who so... showered forever. <laughs> do makeup so perfectly. And yeah, it's, it's just very off-putting. Um, yeah. That transition wasn't as smooth as Vince Fonz who wakes up and is like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> yeah. Like, do I look like a woman? am i a girl <laughs> do i look 
like a like a teenage girl, five three girl, and he's like, and this homeless dude's like, what the fuck? He's like, you're already on drugs. Give me your drugs. Yeah, he's like, dude, you're on drugs. Give me some. I want to be a little girl too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but so that was the that was one thing that bothered me. Um, but she tried, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, things that bothered me. <laughs> In addition to what I just talked about, I'm really good at pointing out the things that I don't like about movies. But before, I'd like to preface this whole section by saying I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> Watch it. Yeah, it's a, yeah, no, I agree. It's a really great movie, but there are certain things that just don't make sense or like are just very off-putting. Yeah, this is a great movie. I'm going to tear it to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I'm going to jump around in my things that bothered me. But uh. Like we said, Vince Vaughn uh, has, as Millie, a love interest. And they do this really awkward kiss in the back of a car. Because <laughs> it turns out that he <laughs> likes Millie, too. Yeah. And my issue with that kiss is it wasn't as comedically awkward as I think it could have been. And to me, it was just uncomfortable because not because it's two males but because it's a quote unquote like 17 18 year old and a, like a 50 year old <laughs> neither one of them seemed as uncomfortable as they should have with that kiss and right if you've seen the movie have you seen hot chicks hot chick <laughs> sorry not hot chicks yeah. hot chick hot chick yep uh that's got rob schneider and ali a amy mcadams yeah no, not is it Amy? Amy? Sure, McAdams. Um, but they swap, and it's the same idea. It's a high school girl and like some forty to fifty year old man. They swap, and he as the Rachel McAdams. Rachel, God damn okay, it, sorry, that's okay. I was gonna say I don't think it's Amy. Um, I was thinking Amy Adams. Yeah, that's what I, who I was thought you were naming, but uh, they do the same thing. She, the spirit of the teenager in the old man, older man, trying to kiss the boyfriend. But it's comedically funny because you can see the awkwardness they both mm -hmm. have. <laughs> yeah. And this one just didn't hit that, like, comedic mark for me. No. Um, the, the other thing that bothered me, and we've kind of touched on this, they introduce these weird plot points that you never hear about again um right so one of them the father's death that coincidentally happened exactly a year prior but is not related at all to the blissfield butcher um seemed like a weird note to put in there like what was the significance of making it exactly a year do you even get an explanation on how he died no they I literally so. just put it out there i think one of the big storylines for this movie is this redemption arc between the alcoholic mother and the daughter and i think they just threw that in there to show the stress in their relationship like at uh, least in scream you get an understanding it makes sense the death ties into the whole story yeah that weird like i it doesn't bother me that her dad was dead but it is just so weird that they emphasized one year ago exactly um yeah there was a lot of emphasis on it for not understanding or getting a reason why yeah like cool her dad died yeah I, like, what okay. about it um the butcher's backstory they give you like you said that whole 
scream-like plot in the beginning where once a year they he gets all murdery and then you don't get anything else about the butcher you just see him rampage and murder people <laughs> they like they like set him up as kind of like a Jason Voorhees style where like he goes after kids on homecoming who are doing who are drinking and having sex before all this like premarital stuff and but that's all you get about it I the reason that bothers me is because they gave the butcher a whole plot and a whole narrative where he's in this teenage girl's body and all of a sudden he's talking and expressing himself but they don't use it to the extent that they could have like I would have preferred more focus on the butcher and like why he chooses to be all murdery around homecoming and kids instead of this weird plot line between the mom and the daughter like I don't care about that yeah I didn't come here to watch love I came to a horror to watch people get murdered (laughs) But that, I would have rather heard more about The Butcher than that. But again, the comedy comes from Vince Vaughn, so that's, that's that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like they, they had an opportunity to do something really cool with the backstory and they didn't. But maybe that will come out later in like a different movie. Uh, and then of course, we kind of mentioned this too, um, you have the typical character tropes. Uh, there's a interview with celeste who plays nyla Mm -hmm. and i think it's a podcast called switchblade sisters and she briefly like her focus isn't to talk about freaky um she just runs this through real quick it's just a line where she says yeah freaky really um explores queerness and womanhood and i heard that and i was like no 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 it doesn't (laughs) it gets really no new narratives except the gay kid didn't die because a typical movie the gay kid and the black girl survived yes that's yeah (laughs) and the black girl apparently ran track because she chased him down but yeah did she i love (laughs) i will say this i love how like they're like vince vaughn is chasing down the millie or as millie is chasing down the blissful butcher but it's like really slow and all of a sudden, you see Nyla come sprinting way fast past him. And then, and then, <laughs> even faster, you get the other kid that comes just bolting past him and they both tackle her. Well, they were playing on the idea that, like, Michael Myers and all those guys, they're so busy being big and hulking, they miss cardio day. So, <laughs> they yeah. can't run. Um, but, yeah, so she makes that line and I was like, I don't see, I personally didn't see anything particularly new narrative-wise about no. queerness and womanhood. Um, like we said, you had the the kid who was out and proud and then you had the closeted jock who makes him feel bad about it, even though he secretly is struggling with himself. The only yeah, difference it- was the kid's mom when he, as part of it, he's like, mom, I'm straight. And the, the mom goes, okay, honey. <laughs> no. No. You're you're anything but straight. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, that there's that uh I don't get the womanhood thing cuz it there's nothing new there. Um and then they have the storyline of uh Millie who's like at the beginning is this really shy meek little high school girl 
And then yeah. at the end, she's like super confident. But in order to get that confidence, they put her in a strong white male body. And yep. her confidence came from just being like super powerful and kissing a boy in that I will body. say this. I love, I love that it's constantly brought up where he's like, oh my God, I'm so big. Oh my God, I'm so strong. <laughs> yeah, he like accidentally throws his friend across the room and he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. He's like, I'm strong. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it just, I don't see how, like, going into a super strong body all of a sudden makes her really confident. Um, yeah. I mean, except for she came out to her friend, her date interest or whatever, but that was bound to happen anyways. So, yeah, that was a little weird to me. Um, the other character trope is the serial killer. Mm -hmm. Uh, because there's this idea that serial killers are loners. They're dirty, disgusting people. He lives in the mill. When Millie wakes up as the butcher, you see how he lives. And he and just... so sad. This is... Like, not the way he lives, but, like, what is in the room. <laughs> he, it like, pans his bedroom, and it's a bunch of... One, like, weird... <laughs> I don't know why these are in a mill. Uh, Like, broken up what are they called mannequins yeah um and then there's tons of hanging like cats and bunnies and things that he had tortured and killed yeah which is very obviously pointing at hey this guy's a serial killer or a psychopath because everyone knows the first sign is torturing animals yep um so poor kitties that's the only mention of a kitty you get seeing them hanging (laughs) yeah it's really sad um but then, again, with the serial killer thing, they make him, when he's in Millie's body, seem super undisciplined. Like, he is just going ham on anyone who displeases him while he's yeah. as Millie. He gives no preference to male, female, old, young. Um, but then, as the actual Blissfield Butcher, he was very particular. He could wait 364 days or whatever before he murdered, yeah. and he only murdered a group of people or something like a few. So, um, I think the majority of silly killers are fairly calculated. <laughs> uh, they tend to be charming like Ted Bundy. Uh, but yeah, they just like really leaned heavy into that idea of this type of serial killer. Yep. Let's see. Um, yeah. And then there's just this rich verse, poor, idea i don't is that still a thing like you look at people's clothes and you're like wow you shop at ross's you're poor you're not cool i I mean i'm sure i'm sure some people still think that way that was it for the movie tropes was there any other one that like really bothered you no i think you hit them all uh listening to other i agree listening to other podcasts they kept talking about the she's all that idea um, if you've seen this 90s movie, there's a movie called She's All That, and the whole premise of this movie, and it shows up in tons of other ones, is they take this uncool girl, they give her a makeover, she hangs out with a jock, and all of a sudden she's super popular and she wins Homecoming Queen or whatever. And so it's kind of become like the She's All That mentality, where you could just make someone like change their look and all of a sudden they're popular. Um, and a lot of other podcasts that I listened to or articles I read like laid into wow it really does the she's all that thing where they took this beautiful girl and 
put make like put makeup on her and all of a sudden she's popular but that's not what they did it was about the confidence that the butcher exuded yeah. as millie. millie yeah um so yeah i didn't i didn't really get that premise but whatevs yeah the, i agree the other miscellaneous plot point that didn't really make sense um the knife that causes them <laughs> to swap la what is it called la dola la dola yeah yeah so apparently it's an aztec ceremonial knife mm-hmm. but sacrificial life yes but the way they find out what it is is there's an inscription on the blade in spanish yeah aztec had their own language not not just spanish so, so. the only thing i could come up with <laughs> where that made any sense uh was that like the conquistadors that first came took one of those and then when they figured out what it did inscribed as like a warning on it and it's very Possible. very specific like hey you're gonna swap souls if you fail to murder the sacrifice and then you have exactly 24 hours to figure it out <laughs> yep um, and then it just so happened that when she first gets stabbed, Millie, that it's on Friday the 13th during a full moon. So I don't know if that had anything to do with the magic coming out, but. Yeah, they don't say anything. Yeah, they they don't give you. And then they like do these random splits where you're seeing as they're stabbing like the Aztec. Like the Mayan temple and stuff. Aztec, not Mayan, but Aztec temple. Yeah, sorry. And stuff like that. Um but that's like all you get. Yeah, that's all you see. It's really awkward. <laughs> yeah, I got it. That, that, yeah, that missed a point there. It was kind of spliced. I don't know. Um, but I did look up Aztec ceremonial knives just to see. Because it's essentially what we would refer to as anathema. The one article that I found that really kind of described it called them a tecpatl knife. And I don't speak Aztec, so that's not correct. Uh, but they were used by Aztec priests and jaguar warriors. Um, but the priests would use them in ceremonies of sacrifice because they had to give so much each year. Mm-hmm. If you've seen the Disney movie El Dorado, that's the, the only explanation. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. That's <laughs> the closest thing I could come up with with the idea of sacrifice and the jaguar. Yeah. They used it specifically to remove a still beating heart. So you're, hmm. they had to cut out very, what's it called? Tomb? Not Tomb Raider. Crap. Uh, Indiana Jones, where he ends up. Kalima. Yeah, that one. I can't remember <laughs> what the name of it is, though. Uh, that's that's a Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yes, Temple of Doom. Yeah, it's like that. It's, but it's my favorite one. <laughs> instead of using their hand, <laughs> they use a knife. Pictures typically depicted on these knives did kind of look like the little figurehead that's on the La Dola, um, which is a symbol that is included in the Aztec calendar, and it's usually the lunar symbol. So that would kind of tie into the idea that the full moon played a part in making that power work. But yeah, other than that, you hear nothing about the knife. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's that's all you get. Not that it needed a whole lot of explanation, I guess. No. Uh, um, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say, and uh, so recently it's been a super touchy topic with cops. These these super alert cops in the movie are so highly untrained and they're so trigger happy. Oh my gosh. I don't know if it's just, again, like we talked about in Sinister, where like small town cops are supposed to just be 100% incompetent. <laughs> yeah. Um, these are the epitome of that. <laughs> yeah, that's 100%. Because uh, first off, one of the first times you really see them pull a gun is when Nyla, the black friend is in the tiny, tiny one-room police station, and she's trying to get the knife out of the police locker, which apparently they, like, don't lock, or they just leave the key in. I don't know even how she unlocks No, no, that. she she got the key off of uh, Millie's sister's cabinet or something like that. But again, they just left it laying around. Like, what, yeah. what sense does that make? And then the sister walks in, and, like, immediately, as soon as she suspects that her daughter or her sister's best friend is up to something suspicious, she pulls, draws her gun. pulls her gun and points it at her. I'm like, couldn't have had a conversation. She's a teenage girl. What do you think she's going to (laughs) do? Yeah, for real. Um, And just, like, there's no escalation of force. It's just straight pulls a gun, points it at her, and starts yelling at her. Well, the other thing is, like, when they're in the mill and the cop is trying to, like, get over to the kids, like um, like the jock boy that she has a crush on and stuff... Instead of, like, just going over there, he shoots a shot into the, the the air. And so all of the kids go scrambling. It is an open like, crowd of civilians. And he just opened fire. <laughs> like, granted, yeah. it probably hit the ceiling. But you can't assume still, that's what's going to happen. Plus, if this movie is modern, like it was supposed to take time modern times, those kids are trained duck scramble and cover if they hear gunshots and that's exactly what they do so he loses the kids that he's trying to fucking go after because everybody else is running and then uh the while they're in the while she's got her gun pulled on nyla millie as the butcher comes walking in and all the cop does is hear the sound and she immediately turns and fires she doesn't even look who's there she just starts firing she misses yeah again she like didn't give the guy a chance to nope. do anything like obviously he was the butcher and if he had been the butcher she would have been in trouble but she doesn't take the time to like collect that or give him a chance to turn himself in like maybe he was there to turn himself in you don't know right and, and then when she's guiding him to the jail cell she puts her gun in this like right against his back which i think you're not supposed to do because it allows them to you you closed the space and you're within uh-huh. there like you can't do anything <laughs> right no exactly um but then like you said they fire in a crowd of kids 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 kids, kids. um and then after millie as the butcher stabs the butcher in millie's body <laughs> and they swap back the cops come running out and the teenager yells shoot him and they do they just, like, unload their fucking clips into him. <laughs> and you're like, since when do you take orders from a teenager? Um, he wasn't armed. He didn't Mm-mm. have anything. He wasn't touching any of the kids. So it's not like... He didn't look scary. So... Right. And it's he... At that point, they didn't know he was the Blissfield Butcher. He had just been a guy who had randomly stabbed a girl in the shoulder. So, yeah, that was poor police copying. 
Movie cops, man. Movie cops. But but yeah. On a brighter note. <laughs> so that was all the inconsistencies and things that we felt really bothered us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... Do you w- watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? I haven't finished it. I But you've seen it. Yeah. Okay. And have you ever watched the Riverdale TV series? Oh, oh yeah. I've, I've finished that one. <laughs> so those are in the same universe. Um, they're canonically linked. They talk about each other's towns all the yeah. time. I, yeah. in my head, this town of Blissfield is in that world. And here's why. Uh, the... Both towns kind of have like this weird ominous darkness. Like in Sabrina, yeah. everything is horror themed. The movies mm-hmm. they play are always horror. They've got the spooky bookshop coffee thing. Um, Riverdale doesn't quite have that obvious darkness, but it's it's dark. Yeah. Um, and in this same town, it seems like, again, everything's pretty dark. Their theater department in their school just has hanging nooses chilling about. It's. And no, 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 so that's a that's a throwback. That's a throwback. That is a hint to the movie The Hangman. If you've ever seen that, I haven't. But yeah, again, so that's, a, that's a throwback to the movie The Hangman. But why is yeah. that in a high school theater room? <laughs> um, it's just like random little things like that that make me think they're in the same universe. They go to a mini put place that's themed as like a goth. Uh, not goth. Uh, it's called Grim Mini Putt, and it's got cemeteries and stuff like that. So, things like that. And I'm sure if they had a movie theater and it showed it, they were playing scary movies. Yeah. Um, and then again, it's teenagers running around with minimal adult supervision. The only adults you see... No, I guess you see a lot. But, uh, yeah, again. Minimal adult supervision. But since you mentioned it, and you've been mentioning it, this movie is a mashup of a shit ton of movies. And in an article, the director, uh, Michael, not Michael, um, Landon, what's his name? Christopher Landon. He does say like he loves throwing little things into his movies that pay homage to older movies that he grew up watching. So... You've listed, of course, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Mm -hmm. The Hangman, you just said, right? Yeah. We've talked about Freaky Friday and its kind of twisted cousin, uh, Hot Chick. Um, We mentioned Scream. The dream sequence where they swap bodies, the director said, is specifically playing off of Nightmare on Elm Street. The fish hook to me made me think of I know what you did last summer, but I'm sure other people have used fish hooks. Yeah. Uh, the way that the teenagers talk is very unique. And I think that's a throwback to Jennifer's body because that has some wild uh, script in that movie. Um, uh, you mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We've yeah. talked about Happy Death Day. Porn. <laughs> uh, what other ones did you notice? So the other ones I I wrote out was Chucky, because Chucky does a style of transferring his soul into the doll using a 
uh, a talisman, but it was kind of the same idea with a with it being an old ritualistic. It's a voodoo ritual in Chucky, but um, and the collector with the mask. Oh yeah, the collector. I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Friday the Thirteenth, or obviously Freaky Friday. I mean, but yeah, those are those are like the same ones that I grabbed. With a few little additions. Yeah, if we missed any, com- yeah, tell us. Comment, email us, do something. Okay, so the movie I'm thinking of is not called The Hangman, but I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it's based off of the play that a kid was hung in, and so it's like a ghost story of like this ghost coming back and hanging people that are part of this play. But I can't think of the movie all of a sudden or the name of it. So I will figure this out. <laughs> While she is Googling that live time, because she didn't do this disc, she doesn't know the deleted scenes. So I'll run through the deleted scenes real fast. Uh, The first one is after she gets stabbed, Millie is at home and she's taking a bath. And it's Millie and Millie. This is the night prior. First off, if you have an open wound, don't take a goddamn bath. That's a bacteria mess. Infection all over the place. The hospital probably told her, don't take a bath. That's neither here nor there. But she dozes off while she's in the bath and she has this dream. It shows this like hand with a sleeve. So it's not like an Aztec hand, which I think would have been way cooler. Um, But it's this creepy like zombie looking hand with a torn up black sleeve, like reaching towards her over the water. And then, of course, she wakes up right then. Uh, um, it's it's the gallows, by the way. The, the movie's gallows. called the gallows. Okay, that makes the title makes sense. You were that close. Was, yeah. So yeah, so that the stage setup in in Freaky is set up to be the play from the gallows, which is a hangman style movie. Uh, or so play. a high school was doing yeah. <laughs> the gallows. Yeah, that's dark. See, and, and that's why you see the noose, and then you have the ghost light on the stage. It's in the same. I'm wondering if we were to rewatch Chilling Adventures, what I'm not going to do, but if someone wants to, if they mention a town called Blissfield, that would be really cool. That would be really interesting. But yeah, I'm glad they took that scene out because, like I said, the hand that was reaching didn't connect to anything, unless it was supposed to be the butcher, like, reaching through to grab her, but it was, like, all zombified. I don't know. It was weird. I think if they had made it, like, an Aztec hand, that would have been really cool. Like, pulling her soul out kind of the other deleted scenes are there's like multiple but they all are the same plot line where when they are trying to get from the police station where they had just gotten Ladola to the mill where the murdering is happening the kid's car dies and so they call an uber to get there and this uber lady shows up and she's driving like 20 miles per hour and so they, they're like fighting with her about it <laughs> and she kicks them out of their uber and gives them like she's like i'm gonna give you one star and she's like i'm gonna give you one star and he's like honey i don't care my grade is already low and they get kicked out and so then they like have to figure out how to get there that's like i said it's a couple of different scenes but it's all one plot line i'm glad they took that out it was unnecessary and it wasn't as funny as i think they had aimed it to be and they realized that and were like meh too much let's just have them get there and move the story along because it did it slowed it down it like halted the movie oh okay uh i want to say there was another one but i don't remember because i didn't if if you don't remember it clearly didn't make yeah it it wasn't (laughs) it clearly wasn't important but yeah those were the deleted scenes so like i said they were better than just like a car drove by and we cut the scene 
Um, or like we were accidentally rolling. <laughs> um, but they didn't add anything to the movie. So rightfully deleted. So what what have you learned from all of, the, all of this? So we've already talked about these, but we're going to succinctly put them together. Yeah. In summary, what our takeaways from this movie. One, yeah. if you find a good hiding spot, i.e. a false Narnia closet, or if oh, you... Fuck. Yeah. yeah, or if you're under the bleachers and the guy leaves, don't, don't fucking come leave. Out. Just no. wait. Especially if you are expecting someone to come get you, just fucking wait. Yeah. Uh, as Katie pointed out, if you have a protruding object, don't pull it out. Just leave it. Let the professionals <laughs> do that. Chances are it's actually controlling the bleeding because it's applying its own pressure. Yeah. And if you have a knife or something jagged and you pull that out, you're probably doing even more damage. Exactly. Just so leave it there. Just don't. And and if you don't touch it and you take it and you try and go get help, they have fingerprints. Sometimes. <laughs> eh, that's not that's the least of your worst. <laughs> but still, yeah, just don't fucking take it out. And then this isn't necessarily like a what we learned from this movie, but I just I'm so fucking tired of seeing this. And literally every movie there is a female who jumps on the back of the villain yeah. while there are weapons strewn about and a boot <laughs> i can't i just fucking can't and it's not like they come in with a plan to like bludgeon their head they just jump on and like cling on yeah and like i'm sorry it but serves no purpose no, if you're going to jump, if you're a female and you're going to jump on the back of like a male or something and you're going to like, oh, I'll strangle him. Chances are they're still probably fucking bigger than you. Well, and, uh, and in these movies when they're jumping, they aren't in the position to be like trying to choke hold them. They're just, they literally just cling on and they're like, yeah, they're hanging what do on. I do now? Like if you are determined to jump on someone's back, make it productive, have a weapon in your hand, stab them in the throat or the armpit or smack them on the head. Or in this movie, pick up the gun that got knocked out of your sister's hand. Right. And then shoot him. Like I just, right. I can't. Because then the male is always, she's the distraction while the male, not in this movie specifically, but in most movies, the woman on the back is just the distraction so that the male can pick up the weapon that she could have picked up herself to finish right. the job. Of course. But it happens in this movie at the end when the f females are battling him in their house. Millie jumps well, on her back. Well, even even in the situation with like the teacher, the little the butcher as Millie jumps on the back of the fucking teacher and he slams her against the fucking wall. Yeah, that's true. So, Should have like, known better. Yeah. But yeah, that was obnoxious. Um, the one thing I forgot to mention earlier that I thought was kind of a nifty. Uh, I don't know, idea. So the, as we talked about, the mom is supposed to be an alcoholic, but really the only time you see her, she drinks like one bottle of wine and then passes out on the couch and forgets to pick up her daughter. Um, but she, her vice is wine. And then when they're battling the butcher at the end, that's what she uses to smash over his head. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of cool to be like, to have her be like, this is my vice, but now it's, like at first it was a strain on my relationship with my daughter but now it's what i'm using to protect her uh -huh. um not that i cared about like the mom daughter plot line but that was kind of a cool little thing that they creatively chose to do but, but yeah i mean overall 
minus those little quirks i really enjoyed the movie it's a great watch it's it's really entertaining it's really fun yes it's like you said it's purely entertaining and it's not meant to be a questioning movie you're not supposed to walk away being like oh my god twist ending how did that happen um you're supposed to just take it for what it is and enjoy it and if you don't have a podcast or a mind that breaks it down like i do do that (laughs) just enjoy it for what it is uh vince vaughn phenomenal as Mm -hmm. a female teenager yeah he's so funny and that's it we don't have any extras for you today because we knew this was going to be a long one (laughs) so we wanted to do it because we knew it was going to be good yeah our next ones are going to be I think we're aiming to do some listener requests if we can get our stuff together and do those movies justice for our listeners. If you yeah. have if you have requests, please email us. Um you can email your requests or your own personal movie reviews or your cat stories or whatever. You can email and, and pictures, cat pictures. Yeah, we'll put them on our Instagram. <laughs> we'll be a little we'll do a little pet feature. Yeah. We need extra kitty happiness because this one was not happy <laughs> yeah we saw dead kitties it for was the sad. kitties um but yeah you can also follow us on instagram at horror underscore cats underscore witch hats you can what can they do uh, you email us. there you go <laughs> you can email us at horror cats witch hats at gmail.com our facebook tag is the same as the instagram uh, horror underscore cats underscore witch hats. I think you can also just do at horror cats witch hats. I'm not really yeah. sure how that works. And uh, we also, I'm interested in what your fears are for our Instagram. So if you have a particular fear, let me know. Yeah, good fear or phobia. Let us know. Otherwise, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, uh, comment share and 